containers in the building. Season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. And the song you just heard is Right Above It featuring Drake by Lil Wayne. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Erica Andorf. So Erica's love for the sport developed at a young age. She grew up in Independence, Iowa. And when she got older, she started volunteering with the Ames Area High School Wrestling Team. From there, she became head of the Ames Area Wrestling Club and also co-founded the Be Rare Initiative with Cyclone National Champion Kyvin Gadsden. Next thing you know, Erica is the Director of Donor Relations at the Cyclone Regional Training Center. She did this all while raising her boys, Blake and Marcus. Erica is now the Director of Wrestling Operations at Davidson College. So, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Erica Andorf. What kind of wrestling mom are you or slash slash were you, you know? Um, who I started as and who I developed into are probably two different things. Um, I definitely was a lot more emotional and um, probably a little bit louder when I started out. And then I kind of contained it. And as, you know, Marcus went went through the ranks, um, it just seemed like things just kept getting tougher and tougher. So it's like, Okay, high school was easy, middle school was easy, but you know, now going into college, going into, you know, the freestyle stuff, like that's where my nerves started going. So um a lot of people would say, you know, I, I watched you during the duel and you're just like clenched. And I'm like, that's just so I don't yell the wrong thing. I don't, you know, like I'm just I always tell people I'm just kind of praying through the match, like, you got this, you got this. Um so yeah, I I ended up being a little bit um more reserved as time went on. Um, I will definitely celebrate a good win though. And um, I think during Aaron Brooks, when Marcus was wrestling Aaron Brooks, I was slowly finding my way down to the mat. And I think Kyvin and a couple other people from Iowa State were like, Erica, you got <laughs> Okay, settle down. <laughs> did, did Marcus ever say anything to you? Like, um, you need to you need to tone it down or the, maybe the opposite, like, Hey, I, I can't hear you. Like, you know, say something. No, he, he definitely has not told me he can't hear me. Um, <laughs> I've had a couple other wrestlers like, yeah, I could totally hear you during that match. And I'm like, well, I just, I knew you had that. <laughs> I needed you to believe you had it. Yeah. Um, no, I think maybe when he was younger, he um, probably would say little things, but um, you know, like I said, is, as time went on, I, you know, high school, I kind of played a different role because I was a parent rep. So I wasn't even always real engaged with his matches. I was running around, you know, um, making sure everybody else had what they needed. And that was probably good for me to, to deal with a little nervous energy. Um, and then in college, you know, my voice just got drowned out. So probably good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you were you one to always be engaged. There are some uh, parents who they can't watch. You know, they get up and they walk around the stadium while the match is going on. But you sounds like you were always zoned in and 
and watch yeah, it. I was always zoned in. You know, I came from Independence, Iowa, which wrestling was, you know, kind of the predominant sport there. And so I had always kind of been around it. So um no, I don't think there was ever a time I couldn't I couldn't watch. I, I probably peeked through some fingers once in a while, but um yeah, I've always been engaged and loved it and um you know, obviously love everything that it produces and um, what the guys become from it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's been a few injuries where I've, I've looked and I've had to look away because you see some funky stuff on the mat. But other than that, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty engaged watching. I can handle it. Yeah. So you're, so you're from Independence. Is that where you grew up? Yeah. That's where I graduated from. Nice. Um, I had uh coach Doyle on here a while back and, what a guy. Yeah. Better. Guy. No, yeah. Not really a better person to lead a program than that. But um, what was your like growing up? Did you were you involved in sports? Um, um, I wasn't really an athlete, but I mean, just kind of, you know, I did volleyball. I think I golfed a little bit. Um, but really, as far as like wrestling, my brother wrestled. And so it was Brett Adams, the coach that was before um, Coach Doyle. And he's like, hey, Andor, like, I need you to go put these stats up in the wrestling room. And this is during, you know, study halls and (laughs) business classes or whatever. And so he and then he'd be like, hey, I need an extra tournament table worker. You know, your brother's wrestling. You can you can come just ride with him or, you know, whatever. And so he's the one that really just kind of it was more telling me that I was going to be part of this because, you know, that's that's what he needed. And it wasn't like a manager or anything, but he um, yeah, he's the one that really kind of taught me, you know the scoring system and um, the off the mat stuff. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just got looped into that and did the passion just come from there? Um, Yeah, a little bit, Um, you know, after I graduated and before I had kids and whatnot, I I wasn't like pushing my kids to do it. It was when we moved to Ames from Waterloo that um, we got Marcus involved into it. I guess my oldest son wrestled a little bit in middle school, um, but he he was more passionate about basketball. So the kids have always been involved in things, and you know we've always had sports as part of our our foundation growing up. So yeah, they were and they were in football, track, all of it. Um, I always had them in something. Mm-hmm. Did they compete? You know, how many other kids do you have? I should ask. Um, I have one older son. And then through high school, one of Marcus's best friends, I ended up um, taking him. He lived with us from his, I think, the summer going into his junior year until I I think he was in year two of college. So I take credit for having a part in raising him, too. So two and a half boys. (laughs) Yeah, did they, um, did any other, so you have Marcus, did any of the other two compete uh, maybe collegiately or or anything like that in, in athletics? Um, no, my oldest son, Blake played football. He was a pretty good football player. Um, and he did basketball, loved basketball. Yeah. That basketball good. Was that? That basketball team was good in Ames. I just watched it. Was. Of, like, cause he was there. Was he there around the time when Harrison Barnes and McDermott were both there? I think he was there as a freshman when Doug and um, Harrison were seniors. So, yeah, I mean, it was hard to get people on the mat because it was like we had such a phenomenal basketball team. that Everybody wanted to play basketball. So. Yeah. So harder. Yeah. You you sort of rolled into um, 
being the leader of the Ames Area Wrestling Club, how did that sort of come about? Well, after when Marcus was in high school, the parent rep kind of took care of um, the youth program and the high school program. And I'm like, that is a lot. Like, it's hard to put uh, a lot of energy into both and make both successful. And, you know, what most people will tell you, a good high school program comes from a really good youth program. It has to start right there. So once Marcus graduated, he was he was the baby and I was, you know, empty nest. And so my brother and I, he was the assistant coach at that time for the high school. We just started talking about it. And it's like, well, since Marcus has graduated, like, let's put our energy into that. We can let somebody else handle the high school part of it. And so him and I took that on and, you know, feel like we had a pretty successful run at it. We got a bunch of shoes donated so kids could rent shoes, got gear. You know, I raised enough funds to um, get us all new gear. And um, yeah, and I found a lot of passion in it. Like, I just remember sitting, I had Kevin Jackson's old desk after he had moved. I remember sitting there just like, all right, like I'm at this amazing desk with this great energy. And if I could just work on wrestling every day, like that's my passion, like that, this would make me so happy. Never thinking that that would actually come true for me. It was just like the side thing that I was kind of good at. And I, I, I believed in wrestling and the, you know, the, the kids that it produced were amazing and having the kids come in every week. It's like, Oh, I lost this match, but you know, I avenged it the next week and the excitement on their, excuse me, the excitement on their face. Like it was, I loved it. Um, so yeah, what a blessing that I have went from, you know, starting as a parent rep to now being a director of operations in North Carolina at a division one college. Like it just, amazing so let's i guess talk a little bit about that journey then uh so you were doing the ames area wrestling club how did how did it, your journey sort of evolve to where you are today well with ames area wrestling club the pandemic happened and i was kind of trying to decide what to do next i lost my job in the pandemic like you know a lot of people which now you know looking back was a blessing because i was afforded this opportunity to kind of figure out what i wanted to do I knew I was passionate about wrestling. I don't know if you heard the story about, you know, how we came up with the rare initiative, but I'm just on a walk one day. And I'm like, I had this great idea for a nonprofit. It was something I always wanted to do. It was something Kyvin and I had discussed back at the Amesbury wrestling, you know, club days. And so we created this nonprofit and he's like, well, you know, you're, you're pretty good at kind of telling me what to do and like management stuff. He's like, you know, you just want to be my manager and like, I'll just give you a cut of that and that'll kind of support what you're doing. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, so I kind of just started picking up all these little random odd jobs of still doing the youth club, helping Kaivin, starting a nonprofit. And then I don't even know how it's, oh, I started helping with the golf events at the Cyclone Regional Training Center. And um, Kevin just kind of swooped me up and said, you know, you're pretty passionate about wrestling and like, I can, I can use that. Um, so he named me as director of donor relations. And so, you know, to me, he's one of the best fundraisers in, in the game right now. And um, what, you know, again, what a blessing for him to say, Hey, I kind of want to train you on how to, how to do this. And so I started picking up a bunch of other jobs through the Cyclone Regional Training Center and then Nate Carr Jr., asked me to manage him because he's one of Kyvin's best friends. And obviously the cars and the Coleman's like, you know, we, we all 
have a, a strong uh, connection. And Jeff came over for Davidson. And as a good manager, I'm like, hey, you know, why don't you apply for that? And he's like, it's like, yeah, let's just do it. Like, let's just try it. If we don't try, like, you know, we'll see where we land. Well, he's like, only if you're coming with me. And I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> Not, you know, ever thinking all this was going to fruition. And it, it did. And I said, well, I guess I got to go because I told you I was, oh, so um which was great the hardest part was Marcus was in a senior year but you know he was fine and um I I did a lot of traveling back and forth between two teams last year but it was worth it and so here I am wow hmm and it all started it, it seems like it all started when you lost your job in the pandemic yeah what were you doing before that um I was working for a construction company that built hotels and um operated those Mm-hmm. And so you're doing that and then you were working with the Ames area wrestling club. Yeah. What were you doing for the, so what exactly were you doing with the wrestling club? Were you doing fundraisers and, and things of that nature for them too? Yeah. Like on a small scale, like I try to right. do a lot of like, you know, partnerships, like we wanted to throw um, t-shirts out or whatever. And so I, I would talk to area places and have them pay for the t-shirt, put their, you know, logo on the back. Okay, well, that's a win-win, right? Like we get shirts, they get advertisements, it's a write-off for them. And so just looking for like little partnerships like that. And then um, a lot of promotion of just getting the kids to come and um, participate, you know, some marketing. Um, It was just kind of my own little um, creation of, you know, how, how can we make this a go? How can we get kids to love wrestling? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was always my goal is for no kid to leave there and hate it. Cause it's so easy sometimes for these kids to come in and be like, this is too tough. Like they've never, you know, been in a headlock before. Um, you know, so it, that was always my goal is for the kids to leave happy and loving wrestling, you know, and, and wanting to come back the next week. Yeah. And you just talked a little bit about earlier, you said that it was difficult at first, maybe because the basketball team was so good. How did you sort of balance that or how'd you combat that? Because I, I totally can understand why, you know, Hey, they see these two superstars, you know, D one athletes on their basketball team. And they want to be like them, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's just a lot of conversations with parents. Um, I have kind of been told like my passion kind of just speaks for itself. Like you just mm-hmm. see how passionate I am about the sport. And, you know, I always talk about like how great it was for Marcus and his journey. And, you know, he he's college and now he's an assistant, like his path was so amazing. Um, and wrestling was his driving force. And so just kind of telling parents, you know, what, the good things that can happen through wrestling, um, just to try it. I, you know, had parents all the time who are like, well, I just don't know if, you know, Johnny's going to like it. And I'm like, just come to cl- come to two, just try. Um, and you know, if there was parents who couldn't afford it, like I, we'd work something out. It, it was always just about having people try it because if you don't try it, you don't know what you're good at or what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so just constant promotion of it. Even when I'd go for walks, like, you know, around Ames, I'd have my Ames Area Wrestling Club shirt on. Mm-hmm. It was a free day of advertisement. Um, putting signs out, like just anything, any little thing I could do that was, um, you know, not overly expensive for the club as a nonprofit, I, I would do. 
Mm-hmm. That word nonprofit, um, I guess sort of talk about what a nonprofit is. I feel like there's some misconception about nonprofits because when you think of nonprofit, you think of like, it doesn't make money or it's not, you know? So I guess sort of kind of maybe clear the mud from what a nonprofit is. Um, well, I mean, I think for me, what a nonprofit is, is, you know, the goal isn't to become a millionaire from it. It isn't to retire on it. You you definitely do it because it's your passion and it's a service to others. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think people have to realize you still have to pay for staff. You have to pay for things. So you you do have to have money coming in to support um, but it, I always tell people you do it because you love it. It's not necessarily something that pays a lot or has great benefits or any of those things. It's, um, you know, working with kids, like it's, it's what, what would light me up. And, you know, with Amesbury Wrestling Club, like I started doing it and I was putting in 20, 30 hours a week, sometimes not getting paid for it. And I remember my boyfriend at the time was like, why are you doing this? Like you're breaking your back and not even getting a paycheck. And I was like, well, I just love it. Like, I just feel like it's what I'm supposed to be doing every day. Um, and, you know, that sacrifice led into getting a really good job with benefits. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of my feeling on nonprofits. It's, 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 not, it's not trying to, you know, fill your bank account. It's trying to provide a service for the better of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, um, how'd you balance that also with Marcus, you know, coming up through the ranks, you're trying to grow the Ames area wrestling club. You're trying to be a wrestling mom. Uh, you're trying, well, just a mom in general and you're working. I mean, you're kind of juggling a lot of balls there. Yeah. I seem to be oddly good at that. Like I, I can, um, you know, even now, like I'm a director of operations, I do some sales for, chain wrestling. Um, Kevin and I are, are working on a big project back in Iowa um, with Be Rare that we're transforming it into something else. So I think I definitely like to keep busy and it's one of my strengths that I can juggle a lot of things. Um, yeah, I, I it's just kind of where I thrive. Like the more I have to do, um, the better I am. Mm-hmm. Did you see the, well, I'm, I'm sure you did, uh, the cyclone, the cyclone wrestling program just had a little, uh, the Iowa state cyclone wrestling program had a little fundraiser recently. Um, there was bags. They had like, a sort of a meet and greet, you know, dresser was on the top of a bus giving a speech. Oh, wrestle at the trestle. Yeah. I was yeah. part of that last year. It was yeah. the first one ever. Yep. Yeah, it looked like a big event. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. They, he brought out each wrestler's class and they, um, um, gave a speech, maybe not really speech. They just said their name and their year. I think Marcus was there. Yeah. Um, he does a great job of just promoting and always putting his guys in a positive light. So you feel like, you know, each one of them, like, you know, he, he's, he's good at, he's just good at promoting and, um, you know, thinking of different things, you know, everybody can do a golf event and everyone has a wrestle at the trestle where there's a bags tournament and a bike ride donkey bingo i'm gonna let you google that one on your own (laughs) like how fun in the middle of you know iowa um Mm -hmm. just creating excitement around the team like that's what it's all about and those are things that you would normally have a hand in it and set up right 
Yeah, I did. I um, helped Robin Wilson, the director of operations back at Iowa State. I'd assist her with golf events and little fundraisers and big fundraisers and um, just always trying to look for ways to engage engage donors. Golf out things. I feel like those would be, those are starting to be a big hit. You know, when I talk to wrestlers, they're like, yeah, I golf. <laughs> you know, they may not be very good, but uh, they like it. I don't know what it is about golf. But. Well, you know, somebody told Kyan and I, and this was like some of the best advice we ever got because we always knew like golf was this thing where um, people did it. And like, you know, you'd have a lot of like power people golfing. And so right. someone told us one day, they're like, where else can you get two hours of undivided attention with a CEO of a corporation? And we're like, that's so true. Yeah. Like you can't just walk into somebody's office and get two hours with the CEO. Yeah. Where, where does that happen? And on the golf course. Jeez. Genius. Yeah. I know. So doesn't that change your whole, like, I need to golf. I yeah. <laughs> so then do you golf? When I get time, which yeah. is very, very much, it hasn't happened very much since I got here, but. Yeah. Is there, yeah. there might be some good golfing out there. And because where is Davidson? Is that more south towards South Carolina or? No, we are more north. Okay. North of Charlotte. So, yeah, I hear there's amazing golf courses out here. I just. Yeah, my sister lives in and her husband lives in Southern Pines. Okay. So I feel like that wouldn't be too far because they're about an hour and a half from Raleigh. So I don't yeah. Know Davidson's near in that area. Um, yeah, we're definitely more north. I think Pines is more, I, I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure still it learning. out. Still <laughs> learning. Um, I've been, I, we have seriously came here and just been working so much and just trying to get things up to speed. And, um, you know, Nate's, Nate's done, had us do a ton since he's got here. You know, he's full of ideas and excitement and passion. So it's been nonstop, but so how do you sift through those ideas and pick a couple that you feel are, you know, going to be the highest level? Because I'm sure, like you just said, Nate has a bunch. I'm sure you have a bunch. And so how do you know which ones are probably the ones to go forward with? Um, I think just looking at other programs, you know, like everyone's tends to do camps, um, mm -hmm. has an RTC. Those, those were the two that before we even got here, you know, the, him and I discussed about what it was going to take to get this program going and in the direction that we wanted it to go in. And, you know, we both kind of had to be, be aligned in that because we knew we were coming here to really just um, hit the ground running. And so um, that RTC was probably number one because, you know, that takes a little bit of time to develop and, um, you know, also to get our administration on board with it, um, cause they didn't really know what it was. And so then I had to get myself well-versed in, um, what it was and get their support. Um, so that was number one. And then two, just camps, cause it's just good for recruiting. It's just good for, you know, um, helping get our, you know, a little, a little money in our guy's pocket to help out and get them here training and, um, so those were the two really biggest initiatives. Um, and then just getting to know alumni. If you don't have alumni and community support, then um, it, it's kind of a hard road. Mm -hmm. wow, so those so yeah. have been our three. Yeah, you're really, we're really starting from, from really the ground level. 
you know, the base level. Um, was that, did you see that as like a, an exciting challenge that you're able to kind of grow something from the ground up, you know, rather than maybe coming into one that's a little more established? Yeah. You know, looking back through my life, that's kind of, I, I must like that because I've been, <laughs> I've been on a lot of ground level projects. Um, so I, I have a lot of initiative. I know how to organize information and take an idea and make it kind of blossom. Um, so it, it's something I, I just, I think I'm good at. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. Is the Ames Area Wrestling Club still, is that still a functioning organization? I don't think it's uh 501c3. I don't know about that. When we left it, we, we had kind of dissolved that. Um, you know, we had a board of directors and the whole shebang. So I didn't know if there was still ways to, to donate to the Amesary wrestling club, especially shoes. You know, how many of us have shoes laying around and maybe they might be a little bit too big for kids, but still, you know, just to donate to a club that needs them more than I do or. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I would think any youth club could use things like that. I mean, you've always got kids who come in, don't have shoes or um, just want to try it out. And so we'd always, you know, they'd be able to walk in with a pair of really nice shoes just to try it. And, you know, wrestling shoes as all sports equipment, it's expensive. So yeah. that was one of my goals was just, you know, to alleviate that that cost for parents, because in most of the time, you know, they fit one year and then they have to get another pair the next year. So, um, just helping with that, um, cost, you know, I, I was a single mom raising my kids and it just all really added up, you know, between football cleats and camp expenses and this and that. Um, so I really, that was kind of my give back that I could help other parents out with those costs. Mm -hmm. And you sort of talked about the be rare initiative. Um, how'd you kind of get hooked up with Kyvin and start that you said you were on a walk one day and just that's just had an epiphany <laughs> yeah of. i mean kevin kevin you know I mean, he had seen my work through amesbury wrestling club because um he was in there quite a bit and mm-hmm. you know he was a big part of the recruiting process for marcus to go to iowa state so we had gotten to know kevin pretty well and he's also from waterloo where we were from so we it was kind of built in family in ames um but he had always said, you know, I, I want a foundation. I want a nonprofit. Like, I'd like you to be part of it. I don't really know what that looks like, but, you know, I, I see something. And so then I was just going for a walk one day and it kind of goes back to being that, you know, single mom of, you know, I, I knew a lot of parents who couldn't have their kids in sports or pay for the gear that it took. And so that always bothered me. I always just had this, this drive in me that I wanted to be able to help parents with that. And so I just, you know, started thinking about that. And then we had a kid through Ames Area Wrestling Club, the school counselor called and says, Hey, I got this kid. I think they wrestling would be a great fit. Like, you know, parents don't have a lot of money. Like I was like, no, I'm not even worried about that. Like I have shoes. I have Don't worry about the fee. I was like, I just can't logistically, you know, get them to and from. She's like, okay, great. Kid never showed up. And it weighed on me for three months. I'm like, here's a kid who may never get on the mat. It might, you know, he could be the next gold medal champion. 
And we will never know this because we couldn't get him there. And so I was like, okay, stop. How does this, how do we stop this? And so then I was like, well, that's just it is we have a nonprofit that, you know, we, we can go solicit donations and we take our money and we help these kids with whatever creative outlet it is with a mentor, with, you know, taking care of all the costs, you know, whatever it takes. And so I called Kaiva and I was so excited because I was like, this is it, this is it. And I said, I have this great idea, but I can't even tell you about it because I got to just make it all make sense in my head, but get ready. Like it's big. Mm-hmm. And so he trusted it and he's like, okay, I called him back. I think a day later. And he was like, I got chills. I got to call my mom. We got to put my mom on three way. And she's like, yep, that's it. That's what your two are supposed to do. And so we did. And so that's it. That's the Be Rare initiative is uh, helping um, mostly adolescents and, and kids who maybe need some support in any creative boundary that they want. Yeah, it, it tended to be a little bit more football and wrestling just because that's what we knew. And, um, you know, we only had it for two years and then I had to move. But we've been approached to take it a different direction, which I can't really announce right now. But okay. maybe, maybe we can come back on when mm-hmm. we get that figured out because yeah. it is wrestling um, centered. Um, so it, yeah, it was successful and we were doing great things with it, but I just, it was a little hard for me to run mm-hmm. space nonprofit in Charlotte, North Carolina. So yeah. I had to, I had to pick. Mm-hmm. But, and that, you know, unfortunately that, you know, kind of sucks, but sounds like there's things in the works that are, you know, and maybe that's how I think great ideas come. They stem from maybe one, uh, one smaller idea and maybe that worked for the time being, but now you have bigger aspirations or there's a bigger goal to be had here. So I'm excited. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, might've just been a step in a different direction mm-hmm. we're supposed to go. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is Kyvin and I can look at each other and be like, we did it. We took a nonprofit mm-hmm. and like we had success with it. So that pretty much makes us feel like we're unstoppable. Like we can do anything we, we put our minds to and you know, him and I have such a great relationship and partnership in whatever we do and can have really honest and open conversations that that really is, I mean, the success behind us is our approach. Important to be able to have those conversations with a business partner. And he's pretty easy to have those conversations with, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's still, he's kind of gassing, like he's got pretty strong ideas, right. but he, He's always open to um, expanding. And um, I think the biggest thing is we just have a lot of trust for each other. So anything we tell each other comes from, you know, always comes from a good place. And um, we trust each other's opinion and direction. Mm -hmm. So how have you kind of evolved over the years from, you know, where you were at to where you are now? You sort of talked about that a little bit as a wrestling mom, but what about as like, well, as like a person, because it seems like you've your ideas and your goals and your aspirations have really started to grow, you know, exponentially, really, since you kind of got your start, even in sports with Marcus and, and your other two sons. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely had a lack of confidence in what my ideas were and my thoughts and just surrounding myself with people who gave me the freedom to discuss ideas and, you know, sitting, watching so many matches, like, and just seeing certain things and working with different coaches. Like 
I, I feel like I have a little insight to things um, and just having people like Kyvan and Nate and, you know, even coach dresser, like, listen, like just not just because I'm a woman or just because I haven't wrestled, like that I, I don't have any insight, um, has really helped me grow as a person and, um, you know, being around so many people who have had such great success and kind of watching how they maneuver through life and manage their emotions and how um, they, they've dealt with failures in their life. And it, I mean, I, I, you can't help but being a little, be a little successful and have a different mindset. Um, so yeah, it really is the people I've surrounded myself with and starting to listen and trust my voice. And knowing, you know, like not everyone's going to agree and not everyone's going to like what's coming out of your mouth, but um, that's okay. Like you just have to have faith that it's all gonna, all gonna turn out okay. You know, I always tell Nate, I'm like, I can't sleep at night if I don't speak on things that I see or hear or feel um, we need to do something about. You're at the end of the day, you're the head coach, you make the decisions, but. I, I, I didn't come here to be your yes, man. I came here to help our program grow and, um, identify things that we need to create processes for. How did you find your voice? Because I feel like that can be a difficult task for anybody, whether you're in sports or not, you know, to find your voice and to speak up. For instance, I have a hard, hard time with that, you know, myself, um, still working on that. But so how did, how did you find that and get to that point? Um, I really think when Kevin and I started be a rare initiative, part of the component of it was emotional intelligence and leadership, like creating that in, you know, these adolescents. And Kevin and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, we can't promote emotional intelligence if we don't have emotional intelligence. So him and I just started this journey of trying to figure out who we were, you know, worked with therapists, like just did all of the work of anything we felt was holding us back in life and went through it. And that for me, and I'm not going to speak for him, but that for me really created, um, confidence. And I figured out like what was blocking me from not using my voice. Um, why didn't I feel like I was worthy or have valuable input? Um, and, and, and how to use it without being, um, you know, like it would be damaging or someone to take offense from it. And so for me, that was, you know, huge. And I read a lot of books on just how to be the best Erica I can be and uh, um, contributor to this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did you find your path then in wrestling where, yeah, you, you didn't wrestle girl, you know, girls and women's wrestling wasn't an option for you. And um, you, you know, weren't involved in any other way besides now being in the wrestling club. How did you sort of find your voice and be like, like, hey, I I'm smart, even though I've never done the sport, but I have great ideas to help grow the sport. You know, I don't really know. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think I, I just started I, I had a safe place with Kyvin and Nate and they would be like, hey, that's not a bad idea or 
you know, a lot of times they won't even give me credit for it being my idea. I'll say something. And then 24 hours later, they're like, well, how about this? And never being attached to the result. It's like, okay, you know, no, he's not going to give me credit for that. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm you know, agenda's <laughs> getting through. So just kind of having a little, um, not so much of an ego in, in um, getting credit for things and just being a, a team of valuing each other's, um, valuing and respecting each other's opinions. And, um, you know, sometimes they don't listen to you and that's okay too. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I really think it's just being around people who build you up. Um, you know, when you have people who are giving you crazy looks or, um, telling you you're wrong, like those, those, that's not a productive environment. And so I really just found a productive environment of people who were all about the build up, not trying to tear you down. I love it. Well, and I also love to hear that that sounds like the, the culture and the atmosphere that's at Iowa state, you know, it, yeah. it kind of relaxes those nerves a little bit, you know, you always hope that, you know, the team that you're rooting for, whatever has that culture in place. So it's just refreshing when you actually hear it. You're like, ah, okay, good. You know? Yeah. I don't know that you can have a, you know, if if you just put a bunch of people around you who are going to answer yes all the time, like, I just don't know how you have success in that. Like one person can't um, do it all. It's it's just not going to work. Um, and it's constantly just the teamwork within your own team of, you know, like your staff, like Nate, Ty and I, you know, sit down and have long conversations and we spend a lot of time together and we have to be able to trust each other and believe, believe in each other. And there's days where you don't feel your best and, you know, picking each other up and, um, carrying each other once in a while. It's, it's. I, I, I can't imagine that not happening and being successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as, as much as wrestlers and, and programs have goals, you know, um, I'm sure you have goals too. So what are some of your goals, you know, being involved in the sport for your, for your job and your career and your life? Um, you know, through the last few years, I, my life has just taken such a, um, amazing turn that I had, I did not see a director of operations position happening. And so I have kind of just came up with this idea that if whatever I do, I, I do it at a high level and I give 120% to it. And it seems to just keep turning into different opportunities. So I kind of gave up on a solid, like, this is where I'm going. Um, I've really just had trust that um, I'm going to be okay and it's just going to keep turning into other things. I think about <laughs> five years ago, I said, you know, I'm I'm done applying for jobs. My reputation is going to speak for itself and people are going to come to me because I, I do things at, at such a high capacity that they want me to be part of their organization or their team or whatever. And so I think I was trying to figure it out the other day and I haven't applied for a job for like five years. It's just all kind of happened for me. And like what greater comp, you know, compliment is, is that, um, I do have one award or one goal that I came up with the other day and I don't know the exact name of it, but I want to be in the wrestling hall of fame museum. Is it the merit award? 
is something merit, a word of merit. Yeah. Um, so just being a positive contributor to the sport of wrestling. So I, I made that my new, my new goal. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, I haven't applied for a job in five years. What is, have you like sat and reflected on that about yourself? Just be like, wow, I, I'm doing the right things and I'm doing it the right way. Yeah. I mean, I, everything feels right. I mean, even coming to North Carolina, like everything just has felt so right that I've been doing. And even looking back to those days where I was struggling as, you know, a single mom and raising two kids. And like, I had to go through those struggles to someday wake up and be like, Hey, I'm going to help some other mom. So she doesn't have to go through this or some other parent who is trying to juggle all of these things. Like I had to go through that to get to this point, to have the idea that I wanted to help other people. And so it's, I, I look back at all of those struggles and, you know, days where things were a little bit dark and I, it created the strength to get to the point where I am today. And, you know, the having belief in yourself and have and working every day towards something you're passionate about. Like I get to wake up every day, my whole day, my whole entire day is wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool role. Yeah. Um, a lot of people would love to have that, you know. Um, when did you feel like you were maybe sort of turning the corner in your profession and being like, okay, uh, you know, you were doing it for maybe more for the love and and for, I don't want to call it a hobby, but, you know, you weren't, it wasn't this big income. It wasn't this profession. You were doing it for the love. When did you turn the corner and start being like, okay, I got something here. I'm I'm starting to make something of myself. Um, probably when I was at the Cyclone Regional Training Center, it was kind of happening with Kaivin, like the management part of it. I'm like, eh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of good at this and I'm really good at just making him look good and me having to make business part of it. And, and then, you know, when Kevin kind of just started bringing me in more and more and more, um, I was like, you know, I think this could be where I am. Like I, I'm getting the experience I'm getting exposure like I feel like I'm pretty good at it um when I talk to people like the passion just oozes out of me of wrestling and that was it but it really I think goes back to just sitting at Kevin Jackson's desk and being like I (laughs) if I could just do this every day of my life I'd be happy like Mm -hmm. and that just and it was all rest like you know your your other son was involved in other sports so i just uh what made you so passionate about wrestling um you know my brother was the assistant coach at Ames high Mm -hmm. and so he had marcus kind of just doing a bunch of different sports and we were seeing marcus starting to get pretty good at it and the two of them were really you know starting to form this this bond over it and i'm like well I want to be part of it. Like you guys are going off and doing wrestling tournaments and I have to watch the kids and I mean, that's fine. But like, and then I talked to other moms and, you know, who were maybe a little bit more vocal in the stands than me. And I'm just like, wow, like you're really into this. So, um, yeah, I just, I, 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 it kind of found me. I always say like, I didn't, I don't think I chose this life. I think it chose me. Wow. And I'll tell you, wrestling moms are some of the best. I mean, both from a perspective of they're just good people, but also like they are just some crazy in a good way fans. Like 
wrestling moms, man. They're just my mom, you know, my mom would videotape. She videotaped all of them and she would be almost screaming half the time, you know, videotaping and so it's just i'm those moms always impress me because i'm more like a spencer lee mom where if something's in my hand it's getting thrown it's getting busted (laughs) i hey i had complete defense for her on that yeah get it sister like we we sit and watch and put so much into it and watch our baby sacrifice and like you know the weight cut and the the highs and the lows like it's it's intense and it's it's that's that's a good point you bring up. You know, I, I felt the same way, I guess, um, also in terms of his goals were her goals, you know. And so how did you deal with those highs and lows being, you know, a wrestling mom and just a mom in general? Um, obviously, Marcus probably had aspirations to win a national title and then he comes up short and you're watching it and unfold as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I always would say I, I was proud of him before he walked on the mat. Like I was so proud of his accomplishments and just even getting out there to do it and try it that the only time I was ever disappointed is when he was disappointed. Um, but if anyone knows Marcus, especially in the early days, that boy hates to lose. And so that's where I would have a lot of trouble is like, he would just take his losses so incredibly hard. And so that we kind of became my brother's response. I'm like, you deal with that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, you know, we kind of got to, to this point where I'm like, I just don't really know what to say to you after you, you lose. And he's like, nothing, don't say anything. I'll come to you when I'm ready to, for dinner or whatever. <laughs> got it. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 um, it, it's, it's hard. Um, and you know, he had a list on his, his closet door of what all his accomplishments he wanted and that national champion was on there. And, you know, again, I was a Spencer Lee's mom. I was upset with him. Um, and I remember going into the hallway after his first loss at nationals and I, I shed tears because I knew how bad he wanted it. And, you know, whatever it was in life, he, he didn't get what he, he had his heart set on. And I, I contemplated even quitting wrestling for, I got mad at wrestling. Yeah. yeah. There's a little poem that says, I love wrestling. I hate wrestling. And I hated wrestling. Like I almost called Nate and be like, I'm not built for this. I can't do this. Like it's, it's I'm out. I'm out. Go be a secretary somewhere. Um, but then my oldest son, thank God, was there. And so we had a long talk and, you know, we, we are just so proud of Marcus and he has, um, he's far from finished. He's, he's got a lot of great things to do and had a great career. And um, more importantly, he's just an outstanding human being for everything he's went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how is it also being um, a parent of an athlete and, you know, maybe hearing some of the things opposing fans are saying aren't very nice. And that's your son out there. Um, that has to be, I don't even know. I don't have kids, so I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, you know, he, this, I think it was a sophomore year. I would be on cyclone fanatic and I'd be like, well, I read on cyclone fanatic. And he's like, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. He's like, don't ever come to me with the, quoting something from the Cyclone Fanatics. And so I realized very early that I don't <laughs> take the good with the bad very well. 
And so I just removed myself off of it until I actually took the director of donor relations job at um, the CRTC because I, you know, these people do not know my son. They tend to forget, you tend to forget sometimes that these are human beings and, you know, um, they're college kids. Like, they're, they're, they're not 40-year-old people who have been through things in life and can, can take the daggers. And um, you put a lot of responsibility on someone that, you know, doesn't, doesn't necessarily deserve that. Um, so, yeah, I, I quit reading message boards very early and I, no one knows my son, you know, like we do. And so you can, you can say whatever you want. I, we just, you, you can't take it personal. And one of the things I, I really love about him is he's not very active on social media. And I think that's that's kind of the cool thing about him. I mean, in this world where you have to get a lot of validation and um, so much is happening on there, he doesn't feel like he needs that. Um, so I think that helps too. Is he he also doesn't put himself out there as a target. Mm -hmm. That so makes my life a little easier. Yeah, yeah. What about when he's competing? You know, when they're in the stands. Like, I mean, Iowa, Iowa State that gets heated, heated, and you know. Again, people forget that, yeah, these are kids. These are someone's son out there. And to maybe watch what you say, even though, you know, you may not like the outcome or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it really baffles me. You know, I, it's one thing when you want to critique someone's wrestling, but to use them as a person or their race, I mean, or, you know, anything beyond what's happening on the mat, like it's just low blows. And um, I have a hard time taking criticism from someone who has never been in his shoes. Um, so that kind of helps me keep composed because I'm like you, and maybe you do know what it takes, but that to me in experience, those are not the people yelling obscenities to these kids. It's people who have no idea what this life takes um, to be a scholar athlete and to have success on the mat, you know, ha having the pressure of having success every week and also keeping grades and, you know, sometimes girlfriends and like all the things that are going on with them and having to perform at a high level in all of them. Um, you know, it's it, it's taking advice from someone who who's who doesn't have any right to judge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's it like now being able to to work with them? I mean, did you ever think in a million years you'd be pretty much working together? No. Like, what a blessing. I was trying to Google it the other day because a couple of people have said, it. you know, I think you're the first like mother son duo in the NCAA, like. I think there's been like a mother and a son who played and like obviously father sons, but as a mother son duo, um, I think we're the first, which, wow. Like I, it's a blessing. We haven't started, he starts officially August 1st. So you might want to ask us six months, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And um, you know, we have such a great relationship and I feel like while he's been in college the last six years, like I haven't got to see much of him. So I'm kind of excited to get him here and um, get some time with him and um, watch him start his journey as a coach. Like he he's known for a while. That's what he wanted to do. And I think it's amazing that we could help him get this opportunity straight out of college to be an assistant coach. It's such a valuable part of our program. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Was there ever a talk or a point where you were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't work together? Um, I think we both <laughs> maybe had a few reservations and he, you know, yeah. called me up one day and he was in the middle of work. He's like, okay, I need you to not be the director of operations. I need you to be my mom. Like here, what should I do? What do you think I should do? And so I kind of love that, that he kind of separated it. And I said, you know, you can always stay in Ames. You can always go back to Ames, but opportunities like this aren't just going to keep, you know, you, you just never know when the next one's coming around. So come try it. If not, they'll welcome you with open arms back in Ames, but you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go try. And I think it helped that I had, you know, came and kind of laid the groundwork beforehand um, that he felt like he could, he could do that. Yeah, I remember because I watched a little bit. I think I wrestle maybe was live. They did like a live Instagram and I watched a little bit of it. And they did say, Dresser did say, we're going to miss him. You know, they didn't want him to go. So like you said, if I'm sure if he ever wanted to go back, they would just love to have him. Um, being the wrestler, director of wrestling ops, um, you know, it's every school probably has one. Um, what is your day to day? You know, what do you what do you do? in that role? Um, I don't know that a lot of schools do have them. I, I think really? coach, I, not all of them. Okay. Um, yeah. Some of the smaller schools, you know, it's, it's budgets and, you know, Nate, when Nate came here, we had Ty and then my position was a second assistant. And he said, I don't need a second assistant. I need a director of operations. And I want it to be Erica. Like she's going to, she's what we need. Um, mm-hmm. So I handle a lot of just the paperwork, administrative stuff, um, all the travel logistics, all the home matches, just making sure we have what we need. Um, I assist Nate with, you know, everything coming from kind of a fundraising background. I I like that arena. So, you know, we're always coming up with ways to engage um, alumni and, you know, the donor relations there. Um, just making sure the guys have everything they need. Um, he kind of always recruits me that, Hey, we have a built-in team mom. And, um, I think that's probably been one of the hidden blessings is like, sometimes the guys will come up to me and start talking to me about something. And then I'll come to Nate and Ty and they'll be like, well, how did you know that? Like, what, what? I was like, well, they just feel more comfortable, you know, in certain things coming to me. And, and so that's been a really positive part of it is, um, just that I kind of have that compassion and that um, that mom that they need sometimes. And I have played a really active part in the weight management because I take nutrition very um, serious. So I've been helping with buying food and just promoting, um, you know, eating right and kind of not such drastic weight cuts. And I do a lot with mindset. We have mindset meetings every Wednesday. So I had a pretty big part in that last last year um and then just you know making sure everybody's on the same page all the time and budgets and yeah so you do a lot of the behind the scenes work that in turn makes the program you know move as a well-oiled machine yeah i mean it just helps nate and ty focus more Mm -hmm. on the guys and you know, they, they don't want to be bogged. I mean, cause it is, it's just hours sometimes of paperwork and like, you know, trying to get your schedule, like the travel alone takes yeah. me days of just, you know, hotels and buses and getting all of that arranged. And like, 
that takes at some point that starts taking away from other things in the program. And so it really just allows Nate and Ty to just coach and, you know, like I said, focus on the guys and do what we're all really good at. Um, so it does just make this well-oiled machine that we just have um, processes in place to set us all up for success and um, to really um, use our strengths in the program. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was reading. Uh, I've started reading the Jim Miller Do It Anyway book. And um, in there, in one of the first chapters, he talks about basically everybody having a role and how the entire, the team isn't just the wrestlers and the coaches, it's everybody, you know, um, from the trainers, the janitors, you know, who clean up the mats or whatever, do the laundry um, and how in order to have success, everybody needs to feel part of the team. And Mm -hmm. so when I talked to you, I was like, that's, you know, a big role that you play that even though you're not out there wrestling or you're not out there coaching, you're making it happen. You know, this dual meet might be happening because of the work you put in, you know? Yeah, it's so true. Jim's such a great guy. Um, I've read the book and bought many copies as gifts already. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, there's so much truth into that, that, um, you know, I had figured that out kind of when Marcus was in high school, like, if I could just handle all the parents, you know, stuff coming up with parents, like the meets and just let the coach coach, like he was happier. He was better at his job. He had more patience. And then I was just focused on what I was good at, which was, you know, the parent communication and just making sure everybody had what they needed. And it just, it just made so much more sense. Um, But to think you can do it all is just, it's not, it's not true. I, I, you know, I remember Nate, when I first got here, Steph Curry, you know, big Davidson alum, um, was in, I think when he graduated. And so Nate tells our guys that once in a while, like, don't think you have to do it all, all by yourself. You know, Steph Curry comes in, I'm sure he has a nutritionist. I'm sure he has a shooting coach. I'm sure he has a three point coach. I'm sure he has a dribbling coach. Like if Steph Curry needs all these people, why would you think you don't? And like, that's such a great analogy that we don't all just become great by ourselves. It's like who we surround ourselves with and how we fill, you know, our weaknesses, like, okay, I'm, I'm not good at this. So I'm going to hire somebody who is good at that. And then we've got all the gaps filled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, so I guess you're sort of the gap filler. Uh, I fill a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) When you go out there and watch a duel, you know, something that you helped put together, do you just, does it bring you a sense of just, I don't know, just fulfillment? You're like, wow, I, I helped create this atmosphere. Like that has to be a special feeling. Um, you know, I don't think I'm there yet. Most of the time I'm just sitting there like, all right, nothing go wrong. Nothing go wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, maybe afterwards with a glass of wine occasionally <laughs> I'm like, okay, everything went off without a hit. Um, but yeah, as I'm watching, I'm still worrying that things are going to happen. And like, you know, if anything's going on during a duel, like I kind of call myself the fire extinguisher. Like I have to be there to, you know, extinguish that fire and, um, and, and problem solve. Um, but yeah, I, I really feel like for us, that's going to come in time where we really prove our success 
Um, we're so, you know, Nate and I have been here not even a year yet. And um, I don't feel like we're in that spot yet. And, and that's okay because we, we know we still have work to do. Like we're not naive to knowing how much work we still have to put into it. And, you know, we've got 12 freshmen, incoming freshmen coming you know, August 28th starts school. And so, you know, we've got a heavy recruiting class and we're far from, um, from being, being done or even beginning at this point. Um, we've still got a lot of work to do. But yeah. I hope that day comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, it, it, if anyone's up for the challenge though, it sounds like it's you, you know, if anyone was going to take over a program that needed a little more infusion of wrestling, like Davidson, it sounds like you are the person that probably is up for the task that should have been, you know, so it seems like a, a, a good fit. Yeah, I feel like it is. I, I definitely have the faith and the vision that we can do it. Like it's, um, yeah, I, you know, I told the guys when I got here, like I came here to be successful. Like it's what's going to happen, whatever we have to do, however many hours it takes. Um, it's, we're going to be successful. We're going to find success at this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't think we realize how important that is to hear from just anybody. Like, yeah, you may be the director of wrestling ops, but you coming in and saying to the guys like, Hey, we're going to be successful, you know, like, as an athlete to be like, wow, the, the director of wrestling ops thinks we're going to be successful. Like it sounds like it's just going to happen, you know, not going, not just going to happen. Obviously the work has to be put in, but you know, when all of a sudden the belief is across the board and everybody it's, it almost just sort of grows from there. Yeah. I mean, and that's manifesting, right? Like you right. have the, you believe so strongly, but you're willing to put in the work to also complement that, that belief. Like you, if you don't believe it, like that's half the battle right there. But every day I wake up with, we're going to do this. We're going to be successful. You know, we didn't come here to fail. Mm -hmm. um, and just believing it in every inch of our body and always giving that 120% in everything we do, because that's, that's what it's going to take. How has Nate been able uh, to work with Ty Eustace? Um, I mean, Eustace is a Hawkeye. You know, <laughs> Carr Jr. is a cyclone. Like now he's, he's outnumbered now. Now he has Marcus Coleman and you. It's like, eh. yeah, you know, Ty is awesome. It's kind of like this. Re I always compare it to like this reality show where like the three of us were like Nate came from Pennsylvania. I came from Ames. You know, mm -hmm. Ty came from kind of Minnesota and as a Hawkeye. And so we were just all thrown into this room together. <laughs> and it's like create a wrestling program. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we've had some bumps, like, you know, any normal three people you throw in a room together would, and we have came out on top of it all. And, um, Ty is amazing. He brings so much insight from everything he's done and he's just very patient and calm, even it, for being a Hawkeye, he, <laughs> um, we, we, we have some good debates and, um, arguments in our office those are always fun i always say we're the loudest rowdiest ones in the famous <laughs> in athletics because we we get into some pretty good little debates mm -hmm. um, but yeah there and if you could you could have a microphone in there it'd probably be some pretty funny stuff <laughs> um but yeah he's been he's been great he's great with the guys the guys love him um i 
think, you know, coming in with him already being there, because I think he was there maybe eight months to a year before we got there. Um, we needed that person who already had a relationship with these guys as we came in. So it was, it's, it was the perfect mix of people and the situation. Um, and it seems like the guys have really responded well to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How can people, because the program, you know, needs a little bit more recognition and attention, um, how can they support the program at Davidson? Um, you know, it all starts with getting fans in the seats. We have um, reached out to a lot of local high schools and, you know, I invite the coaches to every single match. So just um, creating excitement in the stands and letting our guys know that they're supported. Um, social media, we're on all social media. We're always trying to think of some different engaging things to do. If anyone knows Nate Carr Jr., he's really good at his videos and behind the camera and in front of the camera um, work. And so, yeah, just kind of following us and um, keep watching. Cause like I said, we're, we're about to do some amazing things in the SoCon up through you know, the NCAA finals and um, yeah, just, just keep watching us and believing in us and. And the success will come. Success will come. <laughs> um, and real quick about the um, Cyclone RTC, uh, how can they, how can somebody, I know you're not working with them now since you're out, but um, I still want to ask how people can support the Cyclone RTC. Um, definitely coming out to their events. They have, like I said, they, they're always doing fun and neat, different little things. Um, there's lots of ways to support there. They always have a silent auction where you can get really cool, um, cyclone paraphernalia from, um, um, you know, whether, whether it be donated things or crafts or whatever, there's always really cool things, signed things, a lot of different autograph things. Um, they have a website, cyclonertc.org. Um, yep, yeah, we're coming out with our, um, we're the psych or we're the CLT RTC. So we're getting our website up and going hopefully this week. So look for that announcement. But, um, you know, these RTCs are important to help these guys, you know, with their off season wrestling and not always does your budgets, you know, um, build in for uh, what happens in the summer. So, it's, it's important to um, fund these and fund these athletes' dreams. Like their dreams are to be on world teams and to win NCAAs and to be an Olympian. And that has to come from somewhere. And so you've got guys who are on a positive journey and trying to, um, you know, accomplish really big goals. So what better thing to support in my eyes? What's the, did you say the CLRTC? Yep, we're CLT, which is... Oh, really? Yep, Charlotte Regional Training Center. So we're CLT RTC. We're just kind of getting up and going. We're going to have our own golf event next month. Right on. So. Wow, when did this come about? Um, When I got here, I started working on making yeah. a nonprofit. Like it was one of my first goals was to get that up and going. You, so, you yep. on the head. Those are very, those are very important, you know, for programs to have a, a an RTC around for just you know athletes um alumni too you know who maybe still want to wrestle to kind of stick around the program and have their hand in the program i mean those are 
very important. So I'm excited for that. I didn't know that was going to be a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, we got Marcus, like he's our first athlete. He's going to be training through that. So he's, he's far from done. Like right. he's still, he's going to be coaching and still training. So we kind of had to have it set up to help support him too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you look at every successful college program, they have a pretty decent <clears throat> RTC. So mm-hmm. who's going to be running that? Um, I'm just kind of directing it. And then we have a board of directors of some alumni and Nate and Ty, like it's kind of a collaborative collaborative thing. So we went through all the steps and through USA wrestling and we're, we're official. Right on. And Charlotte's a pretty nice area. You know, uh, Raleigh is also, those are two pretty, pretty neat areas out in North Carolina. So there's some pull there, you know, I think I, well, I should speak for myself. I think they're nice areas. Yeah, they're very nice. And wrestling's really taking off here. Like you're, you know, when I, even when I first got here, like there was nothing wrestling. And now as I'm walking around and in Target and whatnot, I'll see kids in wrestling shirts. And so I'm like, you can, you can feel it's starting to grow and, you know, talking to these coaches, um, these high school coaches and club coaches, like they're passionate about getting it up and going, um, you know, the first thing is they don't, they don't do a lot of middle school wrestling here just in the Metro. And I'm like, well, there we go. We got to have middle school wrestling. Like, so I think just slowly starting to, you know, like I said, it all it begins in the youth club. So we got to get strong youth clubs and then it'll just filter in through high schools to colleges. Yeah. I think we've already talked about it before, but you like to, you like to bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> they, you know, you're not the first person who said that. <laughs> Well, there's just a lot there. I guess what I what I mean by that is there's a lot that sounds like you have a lot of work that um, is out there for you to do, like promoting the sport and the C, the CLTRTC, um, middle school wrestling, youth clubs. Like there's a lot of things that are ripe for your pick in there, you know, to to have your hand in it if you want, if you want, you know. Yeah. I, I, my aunt said that to me one day, she's like, you're always finding yourself more work than you. (laughs) Um, So I have to put things through filters once in a while too, of what, what do I have the capacity to do? Because I never want to do anything if I can't do it correctly. Um, So I've had to turn down certain projects, but I'm, yeah, I, I love to be involved and to make things happen and make them grow and to be a part of that. Yeah, that, that can be tough to be to say no, to, you know, because you want to do everything you can to help grow the sport and promote it. And so when somebody comes to you with a problem, you're like, yes, wait, no, I can't. Because, yeah, uh, I know like, I mean, that's, it's became my legacy. My legacy is going to be, you know, promoting wrestling and, and it being this amazing thing. And so, yeah, I have to really decide. I mean, that's how I, I kind of judge is, is this part of my vision? Is it going to um, align with what that is. You have a vision right now of what, you know, what you're going towards. Um, I, I mean, it's definitely giving back to wrestling and just making it taking, taking my role as far as I can. Um, you know, I, kind of see somewhere in the future, it being maybe with more of the youth side of it. Um, you know, like, like I kind of said, just making sure kids love it mm-hmm. and introducing it to as many people as we can and getting it to kids who would never have that opportunity. Um, I think my, my passion really fuels for what it, it 
it set for Marcus and his path. And um, it just, it really shaped who he is and gave him amazing opportunities. And so if I can do that for other kids and families, um, I, I can leave the world and know I've done something pretty amazing. Yeah. And last question for you. Um, what advice do you have for people who might be like you who want to have um, an impact in the sport, but maybe don't know where to start? You know, maybe they have a kid who might be in wrestling or just want to be involved in their local club, you know, who are kind of like you growing up. Um, I would say definitely volunteering. Like we need a lot of volunteers to make you know, things happen, whether that's a tournament, whether that's a dual meet, whether that's just, you know, donating some food for the coach's room, all those little things um, make a huge impact. And just talking to other parents, like, you know, I always said, we spend, you know, eight, six to eight hours at these wrestling tournaments. Like you get to know the parents really well. And it becomes this support group of people who are kind of in, in this really intense situation. And so just getting to know other people and figuring out, you know, what the gaps are or things that aren't happening and, and help fill those in. If, you know, somebody's not picking up dinners for after a dual meet, like be that person that steps up and, and helps and shows these kids that we support them. And, you know, more importantly than anything is just being there for as much of your kids' stuff as possible. Like it's, it's going to um, just help you get involved, just being in the stands and letting them know you support them and the team knows you support. And um, yeah, just, I, I guess volunteering is. A good way to get started. Yeah. The simplest. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Hey, I appreciate you taking some time to do this. You know, obviously it sounds like you're busy. <laughs> You know, so anytime, you know, I can get with, with people, um, I always appreciate it. So. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. It's usually me promoting everyone else in front of the camera. So this is a. <laughs> yeah. Was it a little, was it a little awkward to be? Um, I don't want yeah. I mean, it's awkward, but. I mean, I, like I said, I've always, you know, I always promote like Marcus Kaivin, Nate to do the camera and Nate has now kind of switched and is throwing me in front of the camera a little bit more. And so I, I don't like it. Um, but I kind of made a commitment to myself that that's where I needed to grow. So anytime an opportunity comes, I have to take it based on my own, um, goals. And so here I am. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of times people are, maybe I didn't say it, but uh, people work behind the scenes and sometimes they like to be like that. They like, they like it like that. They don't, like you said, they don't want to be out in the open and, oh, look what I just did. It's more just like, so, but I appreciate you doing this, you know, because you deserve it. You you deserve the credit. You deserve some of the notoriety for what, for what you've done, you know? Um, Cause you have done a lot. Thank so, you. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing I mean, it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty easy to recognize, I guess, you know, when it's sort of just right in front of you with the be rare initiative and uh, the cyclone regional training center and um, you know, the Ames area wrestling club, you know, I think that started something big, you know, I, um, 
I forget his name. Didn't they have two finalists this year, Ames? I thought they had yeah. one that well, there was Jabari Henson. Yeah, Jabari Henson, Dwight Henson's son. Yeah, the, and um, the was it Denari? Yes, yes, yes. Michael. Denari Michael. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is he probably had a little bit of a role in that as well because of where the Ames Area Wrestling Club was. So, well, we hope so. It's, right. it's you know, you have to start somewhere, and um, yeah, it's it's been a beautiful life. I'm beyond blessed for what I what I've been how I've been put on. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Eric Andor, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. The cover art was created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget, check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time. And I got my gun in my boot purse and I don't bust back.